of UNLV. I'm your host, Terrell Emerson, in studio right now with Salim Dweck. And right before break, we were talking about Tark the Shark. And I have this post from February 11, 2018. It says, three years ago today, the college basketball world lost a legend in Jerry Tarkany and Tark the Shark coached for, coached for 30 years under immense scrutiny and public pressure from the NCAA. How did he respond? Eight conference tournament titles, 17 regular season conference titles, 18 NCAA tournament berths, and one elusive national championship. All while fighting back against the machine that is the NCAA. You are a huge reason why I chose to become a huge, excuse me, you are a huge reason why I chose to become a running rebel to chase my dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the rebel who never ran, Mr. Jerry Tarkanian. So just a little bit of a background. I'll give you a little bit of uh, UNLV, what he did here. Um, Larry Johnson was a college, or excuse me, uh, um, Juco player of the year. So at a time like that, it wasn't, number one, of course, we already mentioned the thug, so his team was, they ended up extremely black is what I'll say. Too, right. black, too black for the liking of others, despite winning games and things of that nature. So, of course, their play style became an issue. The way that he recruited players became an issue. Where he got the players from became an issue. Him starting five blacks became an issue, or him having five blacks on the floor at one time became an issue. The, um, the crossovers became an issue. Shooting threes became an issue. And it was like, now if you look at the game, the, the Golden State Warriors play just like Tark's Rebels. Yeah, it's the norm. Now everybody is looking for it. Everybody had an issue with it because it was black yeah. teams doing or black players doing it, and they were beating teams like Duke and North Carolina along the way. And this was in the early 1990s. Correct? Yes, yeah. we um, won a title in 1990. 1991, they went to the Final Four and lost. Right, and that was the last time they've UNLV. Yeah, to the Final Four. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Lamar Odom. Should have been here. Shout out to Rhode Island. What happened with that? I'm not sure. Lamar has actually told this story. I'm not 100% sure, but I know he said if he had it his way, he would have been a running rebel. 100%. Shout out to J.R. Ryder. Um, Shout out to Patty McCall as well. I'm not going to do that. Shout out to Patty. We see you. Um, Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, Tark. Oh, so anyway. So that's why the it, I could send you a doc too that I think is really really dope on uh, Tark's Rebels, but I I I've just always felt a certain way. In high school, I used to walk around with a with a white towel, not necessarily for Tark, but I used to walk around with a white towel or just a towel in general. Typically, it was white, and I used to hang from my back pocket. And if you see me in high school, I was heavier, way heavier. So I used to sweat. I used to literally need a towel like to wipe my face if I was hot. Like I used to play ball at school. I used to do all types of stuff. So I used to carry a towel around. Coming to UNLV, I completely ceased it. I've just I finished it. We're not doing this. Only because I didn't want somebody to look at me and say, Oh, he's he's biting Tark. No pun, because Tark used to bite his white towel. So that's what I mean when I say this campus, of course, this campus loves Tark. But it's Tarkanian Court in the TMC. It's Tarkanian Court. The A in his name is a shark fan. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Before I, the tip-off, when the lights are going around, dunna, 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 oh, dunna, cool, dunna, yeah, dunna, no dunna. And then right at the peak where it starts to dun, the ref throws the ball up. 
there's a shark that goes around on the little uh on the led board it's the only thing that makes sense but that's what i said based on the pressures from the ncaa based on some of the scrutinies that he faced i'm talking based on the, the doc that i'm gonna send you like he said because they kept winning he was getting phone calls year or months down the line saying getting charged at hotels for things that he had never heard of getting charged for phone calls that are local and he's like why are they being charged for out of state and he's like what is what is this so yeah. i just wonder how many because he didn't have a problem ruffling feathers i wonder how many of those are still ruffled yeah i mean i like i said i don't know much about it but i want to do uh you could send me that doc absolutely if you go up there and look at all the retired names in in uh in the rafters right now with a thomas and mac and google those names tell me the percentage of those players that are black yeah you know i've actually never been to a UNLV basketball game you have never stepped foot inside the thomas and mac oh i have for summer league oh, okay oh jeez. Okay. but i i just i've never actually seen you have to see a, a UNLV game and i'm i know it may sound like what have you guys won but no it's historic, bro. It it does have a certain vibe in if, here, even when the team is eighteen and eighteen. If later, you know, maybe early next year, if there is a season, I'd absolutely love to go to one. Man, say the word. I keep telling you. Let me know, and we can go. Um, again, you guys are listening to Talk That Talk. I'm I'm Terrell. That's Celine. This is it's interesting because we're talking about all these different universities: the UNLVs, the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the Cal State Long Beach. And I don't know if you looked up his record, but if you look at wins followed him wherever he went. Conference titles followed him wherever he went. I'll check it now. So it's just it's just really, really interesting. Like and what I mean by that is like his statue is on campus. I personally think every year, I know some people put um a towel there during um a towel in the rose, I believe, sometimes during um different anniversaries so i just feel like tark's legacy should be spoken about more i mean how many so di his, division uh, one schools are there and not all of them have a national title so his college record was 706 wins and 198 losses say that one more time 706 wins and 198 losses three times and you know he coached the spurs for like 20 games back in 92 uh didn't have a you know nine wins eleven losses but you know doesn't matter. Go back to the college one more time. Seven hundred and six to one hundred and ninety eight. Legendary. Why does this campus? And and again, I'm not faulting them for what they do because they do do something. But he never had a losing season ever. Ever while fighting the NCAA. He coached college basketball for thirty one years. Thirty one seasons. Uh, at three schools, uh, for the most part, Long Beach State, UNLV, and then and Fresno, Fresno State. State. Yeah, with a short stay in San Antonio for less than a season, I believe. I and that's why I told you guys before. I I did my research, ex like not knowing I was coming to UNLV, but I've, I'm a sports fan. Like I grew up a USC basketball fan, or excuse me, a USC football fan. Didn't mean that I. And if I had to choose a school, UCLA or USC, being from Southern California, I'm picking SC. But I had to do my research on John Wooden. 
I just had to. There was no way I was not going to do my research on John Wooden. I think Bill Walden is one of the most underrated college basketball players because he doesn't get talked about. Yeah, man. Legend. But that's just my personal opinion. But I think that not that this campus doesn't do a lot for Tart. What do I always say? UNR is eight hours up north. That means the closest university is across state lines. This entire valley would feel Tart constantly if I was UNLV. That's just me. No, now that I know about it, and I just, you know, did a little more reading on my phone just now. I'm all for it, man. <laughs> bro, I I'm, can't wait to send you this doc, bro. Tark is a is a, a legend, man. I, I've been sending that Tark doc to a million different people. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. I love Tark, bro. That's, and you know what's interesting? I'll put it this way. I was at the rec center one day, and I was, um, I might have been when I had my torn Achilles, and I was signing the, the intramural basketball players in, and I'm like, oh man, I want to ref, I want to run up and down, talk with the talk with everybody, talk with the players. This dude walks up, he hands me his um his uh, ID. Says his name is Alex. I was like, Alex, last name. He said Tarkanian. I just slowly looked up at him. He just started laughing and was like, yeah, bro. I was like, who, how? And he was like, grandfather. And I was like, just want you to know, brother. Like, that's awesome. seriously, like I'm talking, I'm nine years old learning about the runner. I was born in 94. So I'm nine years old learning about the runner rebels. Like, dog, this this dude is dope. So, not that I necessarily had it as like UNLV is where I'm going, but to be here, I appreciate it. I absolutely do. So, I, I go and sit at that Tark statue sometimes and just sit there because I know the way that I cover the teams that I'm that I'm embedded around, I would have absolutely tried to soak up as much game as possible from Coach. That's awesome, man. So, I'll just go by and just sit next to a statue sometimes. I wish I got to meet him. Me, Rest me too, bro. Rest in peace to the legend. Um, some breaking news happened as we were walking in, and um, I'm not sure how surprised people are. Um, I'm not surprised in terms of the person having the eagerness to take the fight. I am surprised in how quickly the UFC is working to get it done, but. UFC 251 was set to take place this Saturday, July 11th. Is this Fight Island? This is the this is the first one at Fight Island, I think. Yeah. This should be the first one at Fight Island. Because Rose, uh, Nama Yunus, I believe, and Jessica Andrade fights as well. Gilbert Burns was set to challenge for the welterweight title. And who's the welterweight champion currently? Ding, ding, ding. Kamaru Usman. Gilbert Burns is out of that main event. And Lion in the weight was probably somebody who was going to fight the winner anyway. And that's Jorge Masvidal. Salim, I need you to react, man. You're from Florida. Masvidal reps the 305. Talk to me. Him and Kamaro, man, what do you see? If it happens, I hope it happens, first of all. Oh, man, that would be beautiful. Oh, my, bro. I don't want them to tease us, though. Like, the fact that they're talking about it and they're like, oh, like I got the breaking news. The UFC is in engaged, talks with. Make it happen. That would be. Because I know Masvidal is walking in there like, pay me. 
take care of me and I'll go do it. You know who I'm going for. Masvidal. Absolutely not. Kamaro. Absolutely. I was going to say Kamaro. Yeah, I'm going for Kamaro, bro. You're not going to go with your 305, brother? No, nah, for for reasons we'll get to off the show. I, I'll put it this way, because I know what you're alluding to. Maybe this is a podcast conversation. Yeah, well, it's not worth bringing up right now. Because I, I, I didn't take it that way. I took it the same way that Joe that Joe said that he's funny. Like, Joe was like, if you want to bring up politics and want to bring up how he's actually done for the country, that's one argument. But if you say he's not funny, then we got a problem because you're just not honest. Like, whether or not you think some of the things he says is vile and out of line, it's like, just funny-wise, it's like, bro, it's comical that you're even this idiotic. But that's kind of the way that I took Jorge's comments. It was almost like he does what he wants. He's, he's an idiot, but, I mean, he does what he wants. That's the way I kind of took it. I didn't take it as he supports him. I think Jorge is is too intelligent to support him. That's just me personally. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But Jorge had a stretch where Joe Lex, Joe Rogan likes to talk about it a lot, where he couldn't find a fight for a little bit. And he was healing up. He was resting injuries. And then he couldn't find a fight for a little bit. And his manager was like, well, let's let's go do this, um, this uh, reality show. And it kind of took him out of his element. And he was like, no, nobody wants to do that. Still couldn't find a fight. Still couldn't find certain things. And then he chooses to do it. And this is when he says it's the quote unquote for him resurrection. And that's when he, that's when he grew his beard out. That's when he grew his hair out. And he said he was going to come back and start, in his words, baptizing people. Well, baptizing fools. <laughs> in his words. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the guy. It's just, you know, if I'd rather see Kamara win. Oh, no. And just in terms of the, the match style itself, I have always been a fan more of Jorge. But I'm not even going to lie. I was going to go for Kamaru because I thought that you had Jorge. I like both of them, like I said. But in terms of history, who I have more history with is Jorge. So... I like Kamaru a lot. I just I want to see the fight at this point. That's why I'm like UFC. Just make it happen. Make it happen. Just make it happen because Kamaru is precision, is timing, and Jorge throws, bro. He gets in there and he throws. You could tell he was with Kimbo back in the day. Rest in peace to another legend. And mom, I told you I didn't forget. So let me go ahead and do this one. I like this one a lot. People will throw stones at you. Don't throw them back. Collect them all and build an empire. This one is interesting for me because the way that I looked at it was, yes, people are going to throw stones at you and things of that nature, but I always looked at it this way too. I seen a quote that says something along the lines of, if you continue to give people some of your bricks to help build their foundation, one day you'll look up and their house will be built and you'll still be working on your foundation. And long story a little less long, the shorter version of that is work on you first. Yeah. Don't, Some uh, comparison yeah. can can kill can kill a person. That's what social's for. Social media is was created for people to compare. People curate the best moments of their lives yes. and you know they don't show you, you know, reality. Which I mean I, I, I understand that, you know, I'm I'm a hypocrite, I do that too. I'm not going to show you, like, just me sitting at my computer just chilling 
No. Nobody does. I mean, nobody takes, I mean, very few people, but like nobody takes a loss and goes straight to social media. Like, hey, guys, this is an update. Some people do, and it's very unfortunate. You, You shouldn't. Absolutely. But in the same regard, we have to keep that same energy. And when something goes great for you, sit on it for a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I've seen plenty of people of my close friends do that, get great news. They'll text me or vice versa. And we just kind of we be giddy about it for three months until the world knows. So I, I like that aspect of it, too. People shouldn't be so quick to run the social media. I do think it is humans job but people aren't going to do it it is what it is i believe it's human's job to prove to other but not prove to other people but to show show and prove i think are two different things but to show other people that we are all human and social media has created that avenue where it's like oh no i'm better than you oh no i'm doing better than you and it's like i'm i've, I've watched certain people let their instagram perception or their Instagram image crowd or cloud their perception of them. And I've met them. And I'm like, yo, those 719 followers or 1,000 followers aren't really with you in real life. So I'm going to preface this by saying, you know, uh, mental health issues have existed since the dawn of humanity. Well, yeah. No, they, they have. No, they have. That's why I said, well, that's all another conversation. But absolutely, I believe the rise of social media has caused... Uh, certain amount of depression in kids today we didn't talk about it on this last pod but i had on my notes money changing people and this kind of couples into the b simone conversation we had two podcasts ago or it's a podcast ago now but um just people i didn't want to keep it on her but something came of that which is money changing people and um i had a conversation this morning about a quote that jay-z said before how do you know that you can afford something and the person said, if I have, like, if I have enough money for it, and he kind of laughed and was like, no. If you can buy it twice. And he was like, if I can't buy it twice, I don't need it. Like, if I can't buy it twice and not sweat my buy, I don't need it. So when you put it that way, it made me look at my life and be like, in terms of that way of thinking, I don't, I shouldn't have half of this stuff. <laughs> so it made me live my life differently. Yeah. Can I buy that twice and not hang my head about it? No. I don't need the. I don't need those then. I'm telling you, I bought those two hundred dollar pair of Tams. When he told me two hundred eight seventy four, I looked at him. Hold on, bro. So it's a hundred and two dollars for each shoe. But you telling me I can go get some clean forces right now for a hundred dollars and walk out of here? I bought the Tams. Like, what is wrong with like? Those are the moments that I think people need to kind of hinge on. I don't know how we broke into this conversation. I want some baby blue Tams. As a Florida man, I want to say something about you so bad, bro. If you're not in New York, I wouldn't do that. And even if you're in New York, I don't know if I would do that. No, man. You ever see some nice baby blue Timbs? I've seen the ice white ones. I don't know, man. Listen, everybody has their thing in life. The cocaine white ones are clean, man. But my dad texted me and said, Masvidal arrived this morning. Usman is expected to arrive later today. Of course, after taking the, uh, after testing for COVID, um, they're going to be secluded until the results are in. If anything, if excuse me, if everything goes as planned, the fight should go off without a hitch. He said his fingers are crossed. I'm excited to see what comes of it. Um, when is the, when, when is it? the uh, presumed date? For the fight? the fight? yeah. It would be July 11th. He would just be filling in. Masvidal would oh, be wow. filling in. Card is still on. So five days or 
Six days from now. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And unfortunately, we won't have the radio show right after it to talk about it. But we'll, we'll, you know. It is what it is. We'll definitely bring that conversation to you guys. Um, What was I about to say? What else do we have? We have, um, it's UFC still. I don't know why I'm I'm losing it. Oh, you mentioned it earlier. That's why I'm losing it because I almost checked it off. Habib Nurmagomedov's father. That's, no. I want to say that for the UFC conversation. I apologize. Habib is, if you know anything about Habib, he's family first. From his siblings to his his parents, they asked. Uh, it went viral recently. They asked him um, during one of the fight weeks. Might have been a, a post-fight uh, press conference. They asked him if he ha- could say one thing to the kids. What would he say? And his said his one note would be respect your parents because they've been here before. Yeah. So whatever you want to do in life, they could show you the way either to do it or not do it. There is knowledge in both, and of course I'm paraphrasing, but there's knowledge in both. And if you have um, good parents, I should say, they're the only people in this life that will love you unconditionally, or most likely, you know. Yeah. They're the ones that have your back, man. Some siblings, but even then, man, it's your... If you have good parents, I mean, like, you know, a lot of... That, I mean, that doesn't even need to be said. People people know, but, you know. You would hope people know. Cause I, w- I would people, hope. Some people assume that their life is everybody else's household, and that's not the case. Um, but we, we do just want to send extended prayers, extended blessings to the Nurmagomedov family, to Habib, to his father, rest in peace, just to to all involved. Because, uh, again, we, we just said it. We understand how much of a family person Habib is and uh, how devoted he is and how devoted his father was to him. When we come back, Cam Newton has a new home. Mm. And we will end this show by talking about if Superman is still Superman, and if he isn't, what is his kryptonite? I'm Terrell. That's Salim. This is Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas. This is Joel Lieberman, Chair of the Criminal Justice Department at UNLV, located in the Greenspun College of Urban Affairs. Are you interested in why people commit crimes? Would you like to study topics like terrorism, serial killers, delinquency, or human sex trafficking? Have you thought about a career working in a police agency, correctional institution, or the court system? If this sounds like you, then come take classes with the nationally recognized faculty in the UNLV Criminal Justice Department. More information is available at KUNV.org with a click on UNLV. Do you remember growing up with siblings? The giggling at night, the shared secrets, the united front you presented to the world, even the times when you couldn't stand each other. Now that you're an adult, what would your life be like without your siblings? Today in Nevada, there are sibling groups who have lived for years in foster care who are hoping for a family who will keep them together. A family that realizes that sibling ties are the longest lasting relationships in anyone's life. Can you be that family who honors their connection? If you believe that you can be that family, please contact the Nevada Division of Child and Family Services at 1-888-423-2659. That's 
423-2659. Sponsored by the Nevada Division of Child and Family Services through a grant from the Administration for Children and Families and aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. Man, what a perfect day for a ball game. I'm starving. Where's that hot dog stand? Hey, what's that guy doing under the bleachers? Looks like he left the bag. Did he forget it? Am I just being paranoid? I don't want to scare the kids, but this just doesn't seem right. Excuse me, officer. Someone just left a bag under the bleachers. We all play a role in keeping our communities safe. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. If you see something, say something is used with permission by the New York MTA. On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal. Wounded Warrior Project was created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war, whether those scars are physical or mental. Wounded Warrior Project, we never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Learn more about what we do at woundedwarriorproject.org. KUNV Radio proudly supports Top Golf Las Vegas. Doors and bays are open again with a commitment to the safety of guests and associates. They've got all new safety procedures and enhanced disinfecting measures in use throughout the venue. So guests hoping to grab their clubs again can do so with confidence, knowing that their health is top priority. More information is available at topgolf.com slash play safely. Topgolf, let's play. What if you didn't care about being on the fast track? Instead of flying to the big interview, what if you flew somewhere else altogether, like a village in Botswana or a tiny island in the Pacific where needs are easy to see? What if you decided to share your skills with others and help someone else get ahead? Peace Corps, life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 800-424-8580 or visit peacecorps.gov. The Rebel HD2. Welcome back. Welcome back. I do want to apologize really quick. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 The Rebel HD2 KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I am your host, Terrell Emerson, in studio right now with Salim Dweck of the Scarlet and Gray Free Press. I want to apologize really quick. During that break, one of those um, PSAs that played was the Wounded Warriors Project. Um, nothing against the Wounded Warriors Project. I just feel like that was that could be deemed as insensitive considering the open that we had with Vanessa Ginn and Gregory Morales and mentioning Born on the Fourth of July with Ron Kovic and things of that nature. Um, we pray for veterans always. We pray for veterans. We pray for active military, um, military service, men and women. We pray for you guys. And as we said in the beginning of it, you guys deserve so much better. Now we go ahead and carry on. To a lesser degree, to somebody who deserved a lot better. But that's my guy, Cam, man. Yeah, man, Cam Newton. It's so tough because I, I, I want to root so hard for the guy, and I am. But at the same time, like, uh, I'm a Dolphins fan. I really hate the Patriots. Uh, here you but go. I, I, I am, like, okay. If Cam could have, like, an incredible season, you know, like, but the Patriots go, like, 8-8, eight and eight, like one of those early Drew Brees teams with the Saints, Ooh. I would be all for that. You know? I'll be honest with you, man. What's the – what do we – 
let me do this. Let me start with what Cam was. Let me go ahead and read off a couple of Cam's passing numbers really quick. Cam is going into a season where he will be 31 years old. Cam Newton so far in his career has he's has put up a record. Uh, where is his win loss? Oh, okay, there it is. 68, 55, and 1. Once again, I'm going to go through that. 68, 55, and 1. He's completed a little bit under 60% of his passes. He does have 181 touchdowns to 108. Or excuse me, 182 touchdowns to 108 interceptions. That is good for a career quarterback rating of 86.1. Last year, of course, he only played in two games, lost both of them. Had the lowest quarterback rating of his career at 71. His MVP season in 2015, where the Carolina Panthers went 15 and one and reached Super and reached Super Bowl 50, if I recall correctly, against the Denver Broncos. Once again, he was named MVP that season, named the best player by all of his peers. Team went 15 and one, and Cam Newton's quarterback rating was 99.4. In hindsight, Salim, my guy. In hindsight, do you feel like Cam Newton's best years are behind him? Look, 31 for a quarterback is not old. Not in the slightest. But for him, is it old? He's taking more hits than running backs. I definitely think he'll probably have to change the way he plays. Mm, okay. Unfortunately, because he was so fun to watch. Like, But I don't necessarily think it's a foregone conclusion that, you know, he's uh, he's done or whatever. A lot of people are using a phrase and a verbiage of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, or the phrase, uh, kicking the like kicking the tires. And to answer my own question in terms of our Cam's best years behind him, are his MVP regular season MVP years behind him? Probably. Yeah. I think he could still be very solid though. For but if Cam Newton is in the winningest fran- one of the ah, they are the winningest franchise now. If Cam Newton wins the Super Bowl, Cam Newton's best days are not behind him. And it's very possible, unfortunately. It's absolutely possible. Unfortunately. I do think it's interesting because, shout out to Tati. Tati texted me as soon as it happened, and she's a Patriot fan, and she was like, what I tell you? And I was like, based on the way that that deal looked, I told her, y'all may not have Cam when the season starts. Yeah, I mean, what, what was the contract again? Like, Well, it's it's heavily incentive-driven. So it's one of those things to where he can make up to $8 million, but the deal itself is, I think 500000 of it is guaranteed. The deal itself is he signed for $1.5 million, I believe, but it can get up to about 8000 or north of 8 or excuse me, north of $8 million. But if is you he look still, at, Is he still rehabbing that foot? Shoulder, I think, is the one that he's working on now. I think his foot is fine. Cause um, a lot, I've seen a lot of. He probably's rehabbing both while I'm, while uh, I'm saying know, no. But I do. Think he looks healthy though. He he does look healthy. I think if he gets a fair chance to win that job, I think he, I think he could definitely beat out Jared Stidham. No disrespect to Jared Stidham. I watched him at <sighs> Auburn. You know. Come on now, but we, we got we watched Auburn, Cam win an MVP though. We got the two Auburn QBs up in New England. We've watched Cam win an MVP though. 
I, I definitely think he can beat him out. Even though Stidham has the experience with that system. And, you know, a lot of people are raving about him in New England. But Cam is Cam. We'll see you if he's still Cam. don't just lose all that ability. Maybe you lose some of it, but, you know. And But like you said before, if he if that foot injury really is as big of a detriment as it is to him currently, or as it was to him before, he would have to change up his playing style. So what does that look like? What does Because he's always been known as Superman. He could do these different things. What does it look like? Well, we look back to his uh, MVP year, I believe. How many yards passing did he have that year? MVP year. Let me highlight it. He had 35 TD passes. Yes, sir. 35 touchdown passes and 10 interceptions. He threw for 3,800 yards. 38-37. Which is not his most. He His rookie and his sophomore year, he threw for more. He threw for over 4,000. Threw for over 4,000 in his rookie season with 4,051 his uh, sophomore year, 38-69. So... I still think he can – I still think he'll be able to run, you know, but he definitely will not be able to do it like before. But even based on the, the, what you just said about he'll be able to run, I'm going to give you guys Cam Newton's yards per carry. Is this yards per carry or per catch? Oh, it's per, oh, it's per completion. Okay, it's not what I wanted. Not what I wanted at all. Okay, so anyway, I was looking for Cam's rushing numbers, and let me go ahead and see if I can find it. I do have it. So Cam's rushing numbers for his career. Cam has rushed for over 4,800 yards on the ground. And I'm I'm purposefully letting that breathe. 4,806 yards for a quarterback. He has 58 touchdowns. And what is that? That's... In nine years, in a nine-year career, that's what Cam Newton has put up. So that's that's what we talk about when we say the number of hits that Cam has taken, not only just from Sacks being a quarterback, but being a, a downfield runner. I remember watching his first game back in uh, 2011. He threw for like 420-something yards against, I think it was the Cardinals. I remember watching it. I was at an ice cream parlor. I just want to let you know, he threw for 421 and then 422 the following week. Do you know who he played week three? Who's that? Green Bay. And Charles Woodson picked him off twice. I just wanted to say it. I remember I was watching the game in an ice cream parlor in 2011. Now, I'm not going to lie. When I tell you, man, when Cam came out, I was so spooked. I was like, yo, like, especially knowing that we had to play him so early in that, that year. I was like, this might be a problem for us. I don't want this to be a problem for us, but this more than likely is going to be a problem for us. And I don't know why it's not letting me pull up the actual records. Okay, there it is. Or actually, it was the second week. He threw for four. How many did he throw for? I think it was 421. Was the first week against the Cardinals? First week was against the Cardinals. Boom. That second week was against us. I knew it. No, I, you know, I, I watched that at the ice cream bar. It was good That's day. so interesting, though, man, but day. still. Shout out to Charles Wilson. I just feel like they that needed to happen. But just so you know, the the game that you just mentioned, the Panthers still lost it. So that that's what's interesting. But, again, we we are unaware of what 
exactly um, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and the New England Patriots are getting in Cam Newton, but we are aware that they are getting an ex-MVP. Leave it to the Patriots to be the first team in NFL history to lose an MVP in an offseason and gain one in the same offseason. So if Cam does have some tread left on those tires, leave it to Bill Belichick to be the one to find it out. Yeah, if there's anybody who can get most out of them, it's uh, up there. And if I recall correctly, the Carolina Panthers did something on their social media. Did you see this? They were asking who was the best Panther of all time, like the greatest Panther ever. Yeah. They had Luke Keekley, Steve Smith, and I think they had a silhouette and said somebody else. Did they not have D'Angelo Williams there? Did you not have Cam Newton there? Yeah. I thought actually I thought Cam was okay. Wow. So what level of petty are you when Cam just got signed in July because of the way that you guys handled him in September? Cam Newton is undoubtedly the greatest Panther ever. Where are we going? I don't want to mispronounce the last name, but is it Ricky Proel or Ricky Pro? Jake DeLome, D'Angelo no, Williams, Luke Keekley, Steve Smith. Where are we going? Josh Norman when he was there. Where are we going? By the way, that photo of Cam Newton like choking out Josh Norman while smiling is one of the funniest photos. Teammates. Like he looked so happy. He was like choking him and he had, he was like he got a big grin on his face. What do you want him to do? No, it was great. <laughs> I mean, it was fantastic. What else would you want that man to do? But I mean, and Josh Norman can be like, you know, I could see him being irritating. I could see why Cam would enjoy that. My dad's a Cowboy fan, so I'm sure my dad's going to agree with you. Speaking of my dad, he sent in his tip in today. He said, uh, he's touched on this in a previous tip-in before. He said, but one more time, he said he tips his hat to Dana White in the UFC for giving us sports fans something to take our minds off during this madness. Um, during the madness going on, he said, but to hear this morning that Masvidal and Usman agreed to the terms for the fight after Gilbert was forced to pull out, he said the fight was almost, uh, was a must-watch. Uh, he said, I was already pumped up for, uh, for Fight Island, but now it's definitely a must-see. He said, thank you, Dana. We've addressed this before, man. Scare money don't make no money. And I've mentioned my thoughts about Dana White's support of 45 and things of that nature. But I understand his business and his mind wouldn't be what it is. So he has he feels like he's almost in, indebted to. To. Him. Yeah. I start to say his name, but anyway, he's indebted to him, if he, at least in his mind. So, aside from that, if you look at the business model itself that Dana White has put forth, what did it sell for in 2015? It sold for a crazy number, but Dana was still going to be the president. I said, of course Dana is, because Dana's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely, Dana's going to still be um, president, because he's still going to be the matchmaker. Dana's not dumb. And I witnessed, and I I, uh, I remember my friend telling me that he was going down. He's a huge Connor fan. Shout out to Freddie. He's a huge Connor fan. 
he said he's walking down the street and he has his, his um his uh his um Irish flag, his Ireland his flag from Ireland, and he's walking around and he got his Connor shirt on. He said and he doesn't realize that it's Dana in a drop top on uh, on a strip. He said and he stops. He said he lets down his window and he calls him over and Freddie has his phone and he said he's posing for him and he's talking to him in his video. And when the phone went, like, got put up, he said Dana was like, well, you know, which, which, which match was your favorite on the card? Dana cares about his fans. Dana cares about what we thought of the card he put on. He yeah. saw that Freddie was a legit fan and was like, let me take this opportunity now to talk. He said Dana held up the entire lane that he was in. Are you going to honk at Dana White in Vegas? You're not. You're not. Absolutely not. You're going to let Dana do what Dana does. So I agree with my dad. Shout out to Dana. He said if the WWE was an essential business, so was the UFC. Ours is real. Yeah, exactly. And then they said that the WWE wasn't, except in Florida. Then what did Dana do? Guys, we're going to Jacksonville. Which is a phrase nobody should be saying. I lived in Jacksonville for a year and a half. <laughs> nobody should be saying, let's go to Bro, Jacksonville. I'm not doing this. Let's, nobody should be saying, oh, let's go to Jacksonville. I, I lived there for a year and a half. You don't want to go to Jacksonville. Oh, my God, bro. It's not all bad, I guess. Oh, my God. But it's not all good. You have to chill, dog. You know what? I, I've lived there. I can say I'm it. aware, though, but that but I, I laughed, and I haven't lived there, so I got to chill. And you have to chill to make me chill. Nah, bro. He said, which is a phrase nobody should be saying. <laughs> anyway. It's like Joakim Noah said back in the day, like, about Cleveland. He, he said, who vacations in Cleveland? Nobody. I've never heard anybody like, yeah, I'm going to Cleveland for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Except, uh... Lisa's dad on the Fresh Prince when he wanted them to get married over there. Shout out to the Fresh Prince. Yeah, I, I, yeah, great show. I've been. This is not an ad, but HBO Max. I they have the Sopranos, the Boondocks, and the Fresh Prince. Can't beat that. <laughs> you got my money at least until I finish these again. Um, but yes, man, Dad, I completely agree with you. After the WWE went over to to Florida. Dana went right with it. Dana yeah. said that he was working on uh, on um, securing a fight island and being a mixed martial arts fan. I'm a little upset that I didn't put two and two together and realize Habib and Dustin Poirier fought in Abu Dhabi and it was on Yaz Island and they had just recently did it, but they've began they 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 opened that tunnel. To, to Abu Dhabi, so when they said they were gonna secure, he was gonna secure a fight island. In my mind, I should have, I should have went to, I should have went to Abu Dhabi. I thought that should have been, I should have been ahead of the play almost. So to see somebody like Dana White literally exhaust every option, it's refreshing to see because you see a lot of people give up and quit. It's the same thing with Adam Silver. Yeah, because I guarantee you, when he was looking at his list for locations. Jacksonville was not at the top Bro, of the list. Bro, you have to. Didn't I say chill? Unless, unless that list was titled Last Case Solution. And then it's at the, then, then it's at then the, top, it's at the of top of the list. Bro, what is wrong with you? Where does Pompano fall on that list? Oh, Pompano, man. It's, Pompano's all right. It's, look, Jacksonville has a population like eight, 900,000. Mm -hmm. It's the second biggest by area continental city in America. Really? It's gigantic. To get anywhere, you need to drive 20, 25 minutes. 
That being said, I mean, look, man. Bro, what? Anybody what who's lived in Jacksonville can tell you this. It's not a place you want to be for very long. And if they're telling you something other than that, look up the definition of Stockholm Syndrome. <sighs> you got, you all got computers. You like Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do, but not North Florida. Because anybody can tell you that South Florida, everything from Orlando down is very different from everything Orlando up. That's all I'm going to say. The more north in Florida you get, the more south it gets. Guys, that's Florida man Salim Dweck from the Scarlet and Gray Free Press talking. No, it's true. Like, if you guys ever go south Florida, it's completely, completely different than northern Florida. I'm your host, Terrell Emerson, and I'm going to try to get us out of here in the last 15 minutes without getting canceled. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 Rebel HD2 KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. Salim, talk, but don't get us fired. Um, (laughs) Listen, man. What are you doing right now, The truth will set you free. But in all seriousness, UFC 251 will take place on Saturday, July 11th. I'm over here looking at some of the fights right now, looking at some of the things, the prelims, the early prelims, things of that nature. I just want to give you guys a couple of names to go ahead and watch out for in terms of um, prelims. At least I'm going to give you one name at least, and that's Leonardo Santos. Go ahead and check him out. He is a lightweight. Um, Watched a couple of his fights before. I think that will be well worth your time and your attention. Um, and then we can talk about the main card really quick. Paige Van Zant makes her return. I absolutely, I met Paige Van Zant in person, and oh, at the Fan Village in Inglewood, in an amazing spirit. I know we talk a lot about UFC fighters, mixed martial artists in general, just fighters in general. They're some of the nicest people that you'll meet. Um, and she's doing battle with number fourteen flyweight Amanda Rebus. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Her, Amanda's um, COVID test went viral um, in Brazil. No pun intended. And or actually, well, maybe. Do, do, do. Nah, what, let was me it? stop. I think she was negative. But the, the test itself, she's sitting on her hotel bed or just sitting on a bed. And the doctor issues the nasal test. But you could imagine she's sitting down kind of with her head propped up and he pushes it in oh it's awful <laughs> and i i don't know what he said to her but if you had to look at it as if it was like a like a like a key a key latch it went two more levels into like into her nose everybody's retweet was like he touched her brain for sure i got the test done back in march bro oh my gosh it was i'm not trying to make light of a deadly disease but man, there's a certain point where if you said you got to take that test again or get COVID for a day, <laughs> bro, that test looks. I heard now they're doing throat swabs and yeah, people should take that or even do the blood test. And I know it takes longer for the blood test, but yo, that nose one, it's the it's gonna be the worst ten seconds of of your life. I, it just it feels it seems like it's just, it's super slow and just. I don't even want to talk about it because I was about to say I don't want to say it's agony filled. I haven't went through it, I, uh, but some of the stories that I've heard from people is just it's. I did the drive-through one at UNLV Med School. Oh, they were you? doing it there, and they make you roll down your window just a little bit to where you could stick your nose out in your head, and they just shoved it in there and like they did they you know they hit my brain. I don't know, man. Listen, it was 
it was not a fun experience. And then I just wonder why it doesn't matter. That's, and that's the thing. That's, that's the quickest test, right? I believe so. Why would that be the quickest? See, I don't know. Anyway, women's straw weight bout in the second match. The second matchup on this uh, on this main card. Number one, Jessica Andrade against number two, Rose Namajunas. Thug Rose Namajunas. That was a championship headliner before. In Rio. So that's the second match on this card. Just goes to show what what this card is going to be like on Saturday. The third match, Bantamweight tight us. They're saying Bantamweight title bout, and this is interesting because I forgot Henry Cejudo is no longer an active Bantamweight. I believe he's still kind of lingering around. He did say he retired. But he's still kind of lingering around. But I know that he's no longer an active bantamweight because the UFC removed him from the rankings. So now, number three, I'm not. I don't think it's Peach. It's Peter, but it's Petre Jan um, versus number eleven Jose Aldo, the king of Rio. It's gonna be interesting to see this match, this bout, man. Because if you haven't seen Jan fight, he's a pit bull. He's a dog. He's moving forward. Jose, being such a veteran at this sport, it's exciting to see that. Probably one of my favorite fighters of all time is uh, challenging in this in this co-main event for that featherweight heavyweight title. Or excuse me, for the featherweight title. Number one featherweight, Max Holloway, is looking to get his belt back from Alexander Volkanovsky. Oh, that'll be good. This is going to be interesting. If you watch that first fight, Volkanovsky knows the way Max is a pressure fighter. He moves forward. He got rid of his legs instantly. Started started chopping at the legs. And if you know anything about Max, he's a long fighter, long arms, long legs. Likes to get in there and mix it up. It was different, man. That's all I'm going to say. Alexander Volkanovsky did something that was so impactful to me because watching Max Holloway for as long as I have, it was a game plan that you watched and you literally could see Volkanovsky. Okay, first round. First two rounds, I'm doing this. Okay, this next round, I'm, I'm following up with this. Okay, now I'm counterpunching. You could almost watch the wheels turning in his head. And then, of course, this main event, this welterweight title main event, was originally supposed to be Kamaru Usman. Well, actually, they're both teammates. Kamaru Usman and number one ranked welterweight Gilbert Burns, which now we are hearing through the grapevine, and we're gearing up for Kamaru Usman to defend his welterweight title which he won against Tyron Willie and defended against Kobe Covington against Jorge Masvidal. If Jorge Masvidal and Kamaru Usman do take place on the 11th, which is this Saturday, how do you see it going? Does it go to distance? How does it go? I don't think it goes to distance. Both of them are dogs. Like, who's getting finished? Jorge Masvidal has never been finished in an, in an octagon. Oh, there's a first time for everything. This is going to be interesting, man. This is going to be a fight. It's going to be a brawl. Um, we'll see if it's a mauling. But but like, what's the percentage chance this fight goes through? I'm so scared to tell you percentages, man, because people are walking in there ready for fights, getting tested and feeling great, and they're like... Yeah, you test positive. What? 
like uh, happened with Jacare Souza. He was supposed to fight Uriah Hall. They were talking about it for the longest. Jacare said he felt great. Went in there, got tested, and they were like, oh, no, you're positive. Jacare was like, um, how? And like you said, you, you, you opened the show by talking a little bit about what was going on in terms of, of that realm. It's not something that's easy, that that asymptomatic thing. You may think you're asymptomatic, and then every, one day you wake up, and it's just Can't breathe. It's something there. And that's a whole nother realm just to kind of be, kind of put yourself in. That's just, why the ignorance is so, bliss is dangerous. The accounts I'm reading right now, and people maybe, maybe say I'm fear-mongering. I'm, I'm telling the truth. Read some of the accounts you're seeing right now from people who are just had mild symptoms or didn't really have any at the start. Two, three months, they're still sick. They can't really do anything for themselves. Like some people have been bedridden. They can't, they can't walk up a flight of stairs. They can't walk more than five minutes without ex getting exhausted. Debilitating uh, headaches. The list goes on. Kidney issues. Oh my gosh, bro. And that's because now they yeah, realize heavier. You know, although it does start as a respiratory illness or virus, it quickly turns into a cardiovascular issue, vascular issue, uh, blood clots. It's bad. <laughs> um, Just, so it can please, be super dangerous. Please be careful. This isn't something to joke around with, you know. Just, just please, just please be careful. Please be careful, guys. As we've said before, um, UFC two eleven, or excuse me, <laughs> UFC two fifty one will take place on the eleventh this Saturday, Fight Island, Abu Dhabi, Usman, and hopefully Masvidal. That was a hiccup. Excuse me. That was an awkward hiccup. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of big fights that's coming up. Calvin Cater and Dan Ige, uh, Fabricio Verdum and Alexander Gustafsson are both com both coming out of retirement to fight each other. Uh, I'm excited to see if um, if uh, Zhang Wei Li is going to defend her title against Joanna Yojacek once again. Uh, I'm waiting to see that fight. We talked last week about um, something. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker being fight of the year. It's not fight of the year. And I had to go back and double check just to double just to be sure. But Zhang Wei Li and Joanna Yojacek, they fought in January. At um feels, I forgot which pay-per-view it was, but it was Israel Adesanya and Yoel Romero. They were the co-main event. That feels like a like a distant memory at this Absolutely. Because it was a regular event, like in an arena with people. So it's weird, but that was the fight of the year. That was the fight of the year, regardless of gender, regardless of weight class, regardless of organization. That's fight of the year. Teofimo Lopez and Canelo Alvarez later on this year, if it happens, that may be something to look at. Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3, if that happens before the end of the year, December, that may yeah, have something to do with it. But right now, Zhang Wei Li and Joanna Yojacek, that's... Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier, maybe you guys are second. But that was a – they got to it. I'm going to have to watch some highlights. The, the the fight might be on ESPN. I might be able to send you my login because that is – I got ESPN Plus. Oh, go get go watch it. It's up there. Oh, it's up there. It's okay. up there. It's a 45-minute brawl. 
it, it's a 25 minute fight but the the when you click on the fight it's 45 minutes they show you the before they do the weigh-in i mean not okay. the weigh-ins the um entrances it's the full presentation of the fight oh okay but i kind of gave it to you just now but it, it went the distance it's but it's it's a bra bro it's ridiculous i'm up for that I'm excited to see what happens with Conor McGregor next. As we as we mentioned with Habib, I do want to end the show with a semi-hot take. I guess you can say it's a semi-hot take. Um, Habib right now is 28-0. Mixed martial arts is a sport that you don't see very many people go undefeated in. We discussed this last week. Even though some of my records were off, definitely John Jones was off, and it was somebody else that was off. Um... I see Habib fighting two more, especially after the passing of his father, the sudden passing of his father. I see Habib fighting two more times, getting to 30-0 and and hanging him up. Yeah. That would be awesome. I, I want, like, okay, selfishly, as a fan, I'd love for him to continue. But then also, I kind of want to see him just never lose. <laughs> like, I just want to see yeah. him go undefeated. Because you're right, we don't see that. We don't ever see that. We don't ever see that, you know? So, and, uh... I'd love for him to finish 30 and 0. Even if he retired right now and went 28 and 0, I'd be happy. Oh, no. I, I don't think people would be able to look at Habib right now. Some people would say he avoided um, Tony Ferguson, but some would also say Tony Ferguson and Justin Gaethje, the situation. If he retired right now, they would say, well, you know what I mean? He kind of just gave it to Justin Gaethje. So I'm not sure he would get knocked for that. The Justin Gaethje point, but I think the one of the biggest knocks would be why couldn't the Tony Ferguson fight happen? They were pursuing that for almost two years. My whole thing is like, do people really think Habib is afraid of Tony Ferguson? I don't think Habib. It, I don't think people know much about Habib to begin He's with. He's not afraid of anything or anybody, let, let alone Tony Ferguson, who got worked. I don't think me personally, bro. I don't think people know a lot about Habib at all, and I think that's to. It's not their fault per se, but it could be Habib's doing. Habib may not necessarily want people to know that much about him outside of his family morals. There is a, a, a there was a YouTube series, uh, the Dagestan Chronicles, I believe, mm. where they uh, basically went to Dagestan and they, uh, like, I guess, chronicled his life a little bit. You know, showed wow. him. I highly recommend. I think it's like seven or eight episodes. They're all like around fifteen minutes long. Really? Something uh, like that. I wish they would have kind of made them longer now. If knowing it is just fifteen minutes per one. But yeah, it's it's really it's really good. I highly recommend that. But yeah, so to think that Habib is scared or running from anybody, you know. It's it's interesting to see nonetheless. The and man wrestled bears when he was seven and grew up in a if you don't know much about Dagestan, I highly recommend doing some research about that region, Dagestan, Chechnya, and Gusheti. I, I highly recommend it. You will not have the opinion that Habib is uh, is running or afraid of anybody after that. I'm I'm a little weirded out that if you guys have that mentality, you guys have it right now. I'm a little surprised if that is the case. But Salim, man, we're we're slowly gaining sports back. I yeah. do think the NBA might cancel theirs. We'll see what happens. They might have to cancel midway through because I think they're gonna start it. But somebody's gonna get it, and they're gonna spread it through a whole. T I don't know, man. This. I'm a pessimist, like I guess, but I don't know. I, I don't see this going uh, the distance. We'll see if it does. For two weeks, guys, until two weeks from now, keep on talking. Live from UNLV, this is KUNV Las Vegas.
Wow.